welcome to Godcast, where we cast the light of God into a dark world. I'm Amy Myers, and I share insights and discoveries that God gives to me as a way to bring a little light into your days and any darkness you may be experiencing. Today, I want to talk a little bit about sitting with Jesus. This all came about because sometimes it's harder to sit down and be still and to rest and pursue the Lord, and other times it's easier. So I thought I would just give you some insights into ways that I do this, and it may be useful for you. It may be something that resonates with you, or you may have another way where you can just quiet yourself a little bit to be able to connect a little bit more with God, or maybe you don't know how to do that at all. So this is just a little glimpse into how I pursue God generally, and an example of what happened. Um, I'm calling this sitting with Jesus because that is something that he sort of revealed to me when I uh, was sitting with him. Uh, the other day, I was just sitting down and I try to get myself in a position where I can learn something from God. And I will often have my Bible and I'll have a journal and a pen. And it's just that place of being ready and willing to hear from him. And to be honest with you, we are headed out of town soon, so I am busy with lots of lists in my head and all the different kinds of things that I feel like I need to plan. So perhaps you can relate to those moments where you're trying to sit with God and to pursue him, but your mind is just busy. This is one of those experiences. So I sat down and I thought, I just was honest with God. And I said, God, I just... I'm having a hard time today. My, my mind is busy. I've got so much to think about. So I have my Bible. I have my journal. I just sit there and I say, Lord, I'm having a challenge today. I'm having a struggle being able to really get my mind at peace. But can you just help me, God? Help me to be willing to hear from you. Let me be aware of you. Let me hear from you. Will you just help me get past all of this that's running around in my mind so that I can be ready to hear something from you? And as I sat there for a while, it was not easy at first. It wasn't easy at first. Then as I was sort of looking down at my journal, I found this piece of paper where I had printed out something where I had uh, God had shown me a few things. And at the end of it, it he had kind of, given me a sense about something. And I don't often do this for you. You might often type things in the computer to be sort of a digital record of what you've experienced with God, or maybe you like to journal, or maybe you just like to pray. I've discovered for myself, I like to write and journal because I can always go back to it and see what God has done, almost as like a record of what he's done, because sometimes I forget. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think I remember but then other times, I really don't remember exactly what he was showing me, and I get to go back and look at it. And this was something that was relatively recent. I don't even have a date on it, but it's in my current journal, just sort of stuck in there. It's a half a page. It's really not a lot. But at the end of it, it's so interesting because this is what I was struggling with when I was sitting with God, just being so busy in my mind and honestly wanting to connect with him, but not knowing how to settle myself down. And at the end of this insight, this is what the Lord had shown me on that day. And he had shown me a verse that some people have heard before. And it's where Jesus is describing where he says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. So this is essentially can mean a lot of things, but sometimes we're just so weary and sometimes they're just burdens of our day, or maybe they're heavy burdens from our life. 
And what God is saying, what Jesus is saying, he says, I want to carry these with you. And he goes on in that passage later to say the yoke, carry my yoke. And what the Lord really pressed on me in what I was writing out in this work here was that the yoke belongs to Jesus. It's not our yoke. It's not our burden to carry it. What Jesus is trying to show us is that he's the one who wants to carry our burdens. But we have to know how to release it to him. We sometimes want to carry it, but we don't know how to release it. And this is the exact question I was asking God. I said, well, how do you do that? In our mind, it might make sense. In our heart, we may even desire that. But I was asking him, and I hope this is a question you're willing to ask him as well, but how do I actually release this into your hands? I don't know how to do this sometimes, God. And the sweetest encouragement came um, to me from the Lord. And he says, he just gave me this assurance, and he says, sit with me. Sit with me. And I will reassure you and provide for you. And then there is this encouragement, don't hurry, don't hurry. I am God. And that God was saying that, um, and that God was just encouraging me that I will guide you into all understanding because the understanding and the rest belongs to God. Jesus is the one who gives it to us and we are to receive it. So as I was encouraged with that, I went a little further and asked the Lord, I said, okay, God, I'm going to sit with you. I want to hear what you have to say to me today. I've got all these things, but God, I'm just going to sit there. Just sit with you. So I sat down, took in a deep breath and said, Lord, I want to be ready. I want to sit with you. And then again, I asked him to help my mind be ready to sit with him. And gradually, it took a few minutes, but gradually, it's like I could feel myself breathe and rest. And then I had my pen in hand. Remember, I said I had my Bible and my journal and my pen. And as I began to write, I could just feel this joy in me. I don't know if it was like a happy, happy joy. It was just I was writing about how lovely God was. And I was just remembering his goodness and his abundance of kindness to me. And I started to write down different things about how much I loved him and, and how over the years he's given me so many extraordinary blessings of just letting me know what it's like to be loved by him and to learn how to love him back. And I was just taking all of this in and it didn't last long, but my heart began to be thankful for how I had learned to connect with him and recognize that he loved me and how I learned to love him. And I just sat there for a moment and I was just deeply in this place of treasuring how much I felt deeply loved by him and how our relationship had grown over the years. And as I sat there, I felt this pressing to read the scriptures, to read the Bible. So I decided, okay, and I just opened my Bible and I opened to John 21. And this is where I want to just share the opportunity to let God reveal something special and precious to you. Sometimes it's simply sitting there and opening the Bible. Sometimes it's simply asking God to show you. But in this moment, he encouraged me just to open it up. So I open it up to John 21. Now, this is a description. Um, this is in the New Testament. For those who aren't familiar, there are four basic 
um, beginning books in the New Testament. The New Testament simply means after Jesus arrived in human form on this earth. And the first four books are called the Gospels, and they describe essentially a biography of Jesus from slightly different perspectives about what he did, what he said, how he interacted with people. And we can learn so much by reading any one of those Gospels. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the first four in what's called the New Testament. And it's a beautiful way to see who Jesus really is and what he did and how he interacted with people. So I just encourage you to go and check out some of those stories and descriptions of his biography. So John 21, this is at the end of that Jesus had already died, had been crucified and was resurrected. And he had already shown himself to many. He had shown himself to the disciples, to Mary and some women at the at the at the, um, the tomb site and he's also appeared to the disciples more than once he's also already appeared to hundreds of people proving that he was indeed resurrected and back to life after he had died on the cross so this chapter in john is at the very end of that this is actually the very last chapter in what we call the book of john or the gospel of john and this is Jesus revealing himself, and they're at the sea. And what's happened is, is some of his disciples, the scripture describes seven of them, um, as having gone fishing. First, Simon Peter says to them, I'm going fishing. Now, he, Peter was a fisherman, and that's when Jesus first came to him. That's where we discovered that he was a fisherman. And so a number of them go out, and they cast out their nets, and they go out there all night, and they catch nothing. So as they're coming back, as day was breaking, is how the scripture described it, so early, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was him. So he was far, they were far enough away where they maybe couldn't see visually the man standing there, so they saw a man standing there. And Jesus calls out to them, he says, children, do you have any fish? And they answer back and they say, no. So Jesus says, cast your net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not even able to haul it all in because there were so many fish. Then it goes on to describe Peter as recognizing as soon as this happened, Peter is so excited. He says, it's the Lord. He's so excited. And so he hears this and he puts on his outer garment and he jumps out of the boat and throws himself into the, the water and swims over to him while the other disciples bring the boats in, take the fish out of the net. And they're just, he's so excited to see God, to see Jesus. Again, it's not like he's just seen him and realized that he's resurrected. No, this is, he's already seen him a few times and he sees him again and he is so excited. So as I'm reading this, it really struck me because remember I was telling you God was giving me a remembrance of how much he has grown my relationship with him and how I just so deeply understand that he loves me and I've learned how to love him because he's shown me and I was thinking about his relationship with me and as I'm listening to this I think of the other time in the Gospels in these biographies of Jesus where this happened again. The other time we hear about Jesus telling these guys to cast their net out again after a whole night of not being able to catch any fish, the last time he described this same, this is described previously in the very, very beginning of some of the gospels. And this is where they first meet Jesus. 
So I went back and said, okay, well, what was going on in the beginning? Since these are the same types of situations, God, show me something about this. So I go back and I see the biggest description in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. This is the time where Jesus comes and he sees some boats and there are fishermen who had gone out all night and they were coming back and they'd washed their nets and he tells them, and at the time it was Simon, not Simon Peter, because God had not given him the name Peter yet. So Peter from John 21, who jumped out of the boat and swam to him because he was so excited was the, it was the Lord because all the fish had come in. Now let's jump back to when he first met Jesus. I find it interesting that at the beginning and the end of Peter's relationship with Jesus on earth happened in exactly the same way, but there were different reactions. So I was curious, how did Peter respond the first time? So the first time Jesus tells Peter and then them in the boat to, to put down their nets and they get a big haul of fish that the nets aren't even breaking, even though they should, and they'd haul it back in and they bring it to the land. And Peter is so overwhelmed, he falls down at Jesus's feet and he says, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He was just so astonished and he just felt that this was a miracle and he was overwhelmed and he was afraid. And Jesus even says, do not be afraid. And then he tells them the phrase that so many of us have heard so many times. He says, from now on, you will be catching men. We've also heard it in some of the other ones in Matthew and in Mark is, I will make you fishers of men, not just of fish. So in the beginning of his relationship with these disciples, they're awestruck and God is so far off from them. They feel like they're so unworthy to even be in his presence that they fall down. Like they're unworthy to be in his presence. But yet at the very end, Jesus does the same thing fills up their nets after a night of not having anything, but the response is different. This time, Peter is so excited to see him. He's not afraid of him any longer. He's not just wondering what to do or at this place where there's no personal connection between the two. He runs to him, swims to him, and he says, it's the Lord, it's the Lord, and he runs to him. And what's even more interesting is this is one of my favorite stories, uh, just a snapshot when all of these men come off of the boat and they get onto land, this is what they see. This is what Jesus is doing for them. And this is how the relationship is different. It began as saying, come along, come with me. And now at the end of his time there, he's done the same miracle. And the response is no longer a distant God who cannot be approached. Now it is a God that he runs to. But even more, Jesus is sitting there, and the disciples see that Jesus had already made a fire, and it was in place, and it, they say they saw a charcoal fire, and with it there was fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus had prepared a meal for them, and he had been sitting on the land waiting for them. And he was approachable, and they sat, and they ate together, he gave them, he says, he's, Jesus said to them in verse 12, 21, 12, Jesus said to these seven, come and have breakfast. 
come and have breakfast. He said, come to me. He wanted to sit with them and be with them. Do you see how the relationship shifted? It came from a trueness and a reverence and just almost a fear in some ways that maybe wasn't altogether healthy. It was someone they didn't know. All they knew is that he could perform miracles. And they walked with him. Some scholars describe it as three years where Jesus had his ministry on earth actively. Three years, they changed from seeing Jesus resurrected and to becoming someone who is close to them. At one point, Jesus calls them his friends. And I want to just praise God for this because it was so interesting because it shows the relationship progression. And this is the connection I wanted you to see. God had drawn me to be still and to sit with him. And all I did was say, God, I will sit with you. I don't know how to be still. I'd like to ask you to help me to be still. And then he knew where he wanted to take the time. He knew where he wanted to go with the conversation. And he showed me just to remember all the ways that he's loved me. I didn't remember all the details. I just remembered how our relationship had grown deeper and deeper and deeper over time. And that God wanted to do that again. And he was confirming that this was, in fact, what he was saying when he said, open the Bible. And I opened it right to John 21, where this is an example of how Jesus had walked in relationship with the disciples who didn't know him very well, loved him and respected him in a way in the very beginning, but now truly loved him and knew he was approachable. And they sat together and he prepared a meal and they ate breakfast and enjoyed each other. That is relationship. That is what Jesus means when he says, sit with me. Don't hurry. I'll guide you into understanding. God wants to take what is his and give it to us. He wants to give us rest. He wants to give us a connection with him, sitting with him, being with him, connecting with him. He wants to give it to us, and he wants us to receive it. See, just like those men who were having breakfast with Jesus that morning, they were receiving the fish that he had already laid out. There's no indication here that the fish that came out of the water from the nets that the men just caught were the same fish that Jesus had already cooked for them on the charcoal fire. It's also not the bread that God had just prepared and given to them. God provided this for his friends, and he loved them, and they had been with him and walked with him and seen so much of him. And this was a relationship. In that same way, when we sit with him, we can ask God to help us have that same kind of relationship to grow in that same kind of fondness, to grow in a deeper way, to know how to relate to him and connect to him. And recognize he's not a distant God. We don't have to be afraid of what might happen. No, he's a personal God. And he wants to show us that he's with us. He wants to show you that he wants a growing relationship with you too. He wants to come near to you because he is personal and he wants you to sit with him and let him carry your burdens. And he wants us to say, okay, God, I've got this burden. Will you help me understand and know how to 
hand it over to you. Similar to our last time together, when I talked about the passage where Elisha asked God to open the eyes of the servant to see all that was around them. In a similar way, we can ask that we can say, God, can you open my eyes to see you? Can you let me see how to connect with you? Can you help me to pursue you? First, we can say, God, would you help me to deepen my connection with you? See, we can come to him today and we can sit there and we can pursue him. We can sit down. We can be ready and say, God, I'm ready to hear. I don't know how to hear necessarily, but I'm here. Maybe get a Bible and a pen and paper and just say, God, my heart wants to hear from you. But would you help me know how to hear from you? Would you still my mind and my heart so I can? I'm ready to sit with you. God, would you help me deepen my connection with you? And finally, ask God, say, would you show me something about you and help me to receive it and to receive your love and your understanding? I'm going to close today with a a verse from Ephesians 1. This is um, in the first chapter, uh, verses 17 through 18. And it is a prayer that um, the Apostle Paul prayed for the people of Ephesus, but it also is for us today. And he is praying to them, and he says in his prayers that he prays that the God of Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. This is beautiful because it's just what we're talking about today. We're asking God to guide us through his Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and revelation about him as we sit with him. We also ask him that our eyes would be opened and enlightened so we may know the hope and love of God that he wants so deeply to give us. So I pray for each one of you this day that you may be blessed with God's love and goodness in your day. And may he bless you with opening your eyes, opening your heart and connecting with God in a new way. And I pray and I hope that you would have a desire in your heart to grow in connection with God and let him comfort you, encourage you and bless you in many ways. I thank you so much for joining me today on Godcast and may you be blessed in your days ahead. 